I, I built myself up here and I did what I thought was the right thing to do for the family, for us. And at the end of it all, I ended up paying child support and uh, having to pay all sorts of other crazy things, which was just so crazy to me to even realize that that's possible because none of it was fair or made sense. But um, <laughs> what I have learned through the process of uh, fair as a word does not exist when you're going through divorce. It's just going to happen. Welcome to the Heavy Pages podcast, a guiding light for women facing the paralyzing challenges of an unwanted separation. If you're feeling frozen by the weight of heartbreak or the uncertainty of a crumbling relationship, you're not alone. I'm Josie, your host and a separation survival specialist because I've been where you are, overwhelmed, emotionally stuck, and unsure of what lies ahead. But here's the truth. Healing and empowerment are within your reach. Together, we'll shatter the chains of paralysis, embrace this journey, and pave the way to your new future. So it's time to step forward, find your strength, and rewrite your story. Because the pages of life can be heavy, but you don't have to turn them alone. Now, before we start today's episode, please consider taking a moment to click that subscribe button. And with that, here we go. Hello, and a warm welcome to today's chapter checkup session, where we will be hearing from another courageous woman as she shares her transformative journey from devastated to divorce. And we'll be using the five chapters of my program as the guide. If you're curious about these chapters and how they align with your personal journey, don't forget to visit heavypagespodcast.com for your free chapter checklist. And with that, here's today's interview. All right. Well, welcome, Lena. I'm excited to have you here. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Excellent. And have you ever been on a podcast before? No, it's my first time. All right. Well, welcome, welcome. No need to be nervous. All right. <laughs> so um, to start, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, my name is Lena, and um, I, I've, I've joined this group on Facebook, and this is how I ended up meeting you uh, virtually for now, and um, definitely have been following a lot of different uh, groups and podcasts on the divorce um, because it was obviously very relevant to me. And um, so I have gone through my share of experiences, and this is the reason why I, I guess I, I'm here, because I would like to share something. Uh, hopefully, one or two or three words that I, I share today uh, are going to help somebody, and that's really the reason that I wanted to join. Well, I really thank you for putting yourself out there. So can you tell me then, um, are you divorced or separated currently? I am divorced. I have been separated uh, for four and a half years and divorced for two and a half. Okay. So let's start with how you met your now ex-husband. Uh, I was I was not born and raised in the U.S. So when I came here, I was helping my sister with her child. And uh, I met him because he was offering services to my, my son at the time. Uh, when I was babysitting him, um, so we kind of met through that um, through through that social activity, and uh, things just went really well. Uh, it was seventeen years ago, 
uh, didn't really rush, wasn't like a really quick thing, was very thought out. We were both mature adults, wasn't one of those, you know, when you meet at, at the age of 19 on the train, fall in love in three months, you're married, and in nine months you have a baby. Definitely was not one of those. It was a very pragmatic, very thought out process. Um, so it was beautiful. Okay. And that was one of my questions is like, how long between you meet and you get married? Like, did you have a nice long engagement, a long time of kind of thinking you get to know each other or probably getting to know each other? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think uh, we were together for a year and a half, almost two years when we ended up getting married. And then you said you were married for 17 years? Uh, so no, we, we knew each other for 17, oh, okay. uh, total before that final divorce. Uh, but, uh, let's see. So I would say about 13, about 13 years. Okay. Okay. Children together. Yes, we have two children together. And again, everything, it wasn't anything rushed. Nothing happened very quickly. Uh, right. planned every child, everything was perfect. Just like in a very So then let's get to, um, the separation or the, the, yeah, the separation, was it his decision or yours? It was my decision. Okay. Um, it was brewing for a very, very long time. Um, I think that the first time the thoughts started coming in, uh, were when I think it was a seven year mark in our marriage. Uh, but then other people around me, friends, family started going through some difficulties and somehow my issues got pushed in, you know, in a back burner and, you know, so we were okay for a couple more years and then it came up again and it was just a brewing thing over a few years until it finally became obvious that it's not going to work. And you, uh, you had listened to my podcast episode about the five stages, um, yes. you know, from, from devastated to divorced. And it sounds like maybe, uh, on, you were on stage one of, subconsciously aware you were not blissfully unaware that there were issues in your relationship you kind of knew that there was things that could be better or were bad enough that things weren't going to work out oh absolutely um i don't believe that anybody wakes up with stage three four or five so you definitely starts with ah, something is off but i don't really know but then well everybody has problems maybe we can somehow plow through this um, so yes, definitely started with stage one where it wasn't clear. Is it a problem? Is it not a problem? But something was already not feeling right. I, since you decided to do the separation, you didn't, did you, or maybe you still did go through the um, chapter two, which would have been blindsided and devastated. You wouldn't have really felt that, or you tell me, because I'm curious how you feel mm -hmm. that chapter may have. I uh, did not, definitely did not go out to celebrate this great decision that I made, uh, was devastated, uh, was a little bit in still hoping that that was not really happening. Um, maybe we'll just, you know, go separate ways for just a little while. And then all of a sudden have this moment of awakening. Oh my gosh, we're about to lose this wonderful thing. Uh, so yes, definitely. I, I went through that moment stage uh, where I didn't think it was actually going to happen. Although a decision was made. How did he react? How how has how had the separation gone for for you? Was he receptive? Did he realize some accountability or 
How did that go? Unfortunately not, uh, which is why I, I feel like, I don't think that the decision to get separated is what ends it. I think it's more of a wake up. It's just an opportunity to shake things up and maybe realize that, oh my gosh, I messed up on my end and and you had a contribution as well. Let's see if we can fix things up. Unfortunately, his reaction was very consistent throughout throughout the whole separation divorce period. It's your fault. Uh, you're the one betraying. You're the one um, pulling the plug, giving up on the family, giving up on the relationship, breaking the contract or it was a lot of finger pointing you 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 no accountability for anything and honestly even now I'm still getting comments that are kind of resonating with that same message so so yes uh, the decision itself is not what ends the marriage I think it's how it's handled how the separation is handled and everything that follows is what determines if it's really going to happen or not Um, just because you think you're getting divorced it may not necessarily end in a divorce as well. That's my opinion. And even from the experience of people around me. Right. Right. I have um, met a few different people that have done the separation process and been able to work through their problems and get back together. Not many, but it is absolutely a possibility if both of the people are willing to do it. You can't do it on your own. In my situation, he asked for the separation. I realized that I wasn't perfect. I tried to do, you know, fix some things. But when you're checked out, you're checked out. And at that point, he was not ready to, you know, accept any sort of change. He had already made the decision. So it takes two. Absolutely. And in my case, I did make a decision, right. Uh, but it was more of a cry for help. Please hear me. Please. Uh, I, I don't want this but I can't continue the way things have been for such a long time. Um, and I don't think that he believed that I was going to follow through with it because I I was one of the people who thought that marriage was sacred. And I still believe, I guess, to a certain extent it is. <laughs> Unfortunately, I uh, didn't quite follow through with that idea on my own. But I really thought that I was going to be one of those people who would stick around forever. I'll stick through everything and anything. Marriage is everything, especially because the kids were involved. Um, So when I made that decision, it was the most difficult decision of my life. And I, because he knew my values, he knew how I viewed family and how much I loved our children. I don't think he believed I was going to follow through. Right. And it's unfortunate because as you're saying, very few people that, that say, I, you know, I want a separation, I want a divorce, actually want to heal things, right? They're like, I'm done, I'm done. But you're, you're doing it as a, hey, this is a really big warning flag. This is it. I mean, there's only one other step after here. If you move forward, if you try and fix things, then great. But he had a window and he totally missed that window, which is unfortunate. He had a window. He had messages and conversations two years prior, a year prior. It was not it was not a hey, good morning. I feel like I want to move on with my life. No, absolutely not. Um, So it's unfortunate. It's not I would never say I'm celebrating. This is so great that I got divorced. However, being at stage five in the process, um, I can say I do not regret my decision because a lot of things came out during the divorce. Right. Uh, the, the way it was handled 
on his end uh, that would never make me let me trust the man again, would, would let me want to be with him ever again. A lot of ugliness comes out during divorce, unfortunately. Unfortunately. And you get to see a side of a person that you... Sometimes it helps you through the process. Exactly. It's like, you know, you're not going to celebrate. Like you said, it is extremely uh, difficult time, but mm-hmm. you're, you realize this was not, it was, this isn't the person I envisioned that they were. This isn't the person I thought they were. This isn't the person that I um, planned or wanted to spend the rest of my life with. And maybe they were at some point, you know, it doesn't mean that we were blind from the beginning or clueless, you know, people grow, people change. And uh, sometimes not for the better, unfortunately. Yep. And you just don't grow together very frequently. One person grows, another one chooses not to. Right. That's another challenge. Yes. Well, and how did your children, how did they, how did they handle the situation? What ages were they? Well, um, definitely very rough. Uh, yeah. The kids were about nine. The older child was eight, nine eight turning nine, um, and then the little guy was more like six at the time. Uh, a little bit easier for the younger child uh, than it was for the older one. Uh, and the one thing that I would like to mention, and I do hope that that's going to help someone, how you deliver the news is going to be crucial for how things are going to go uh, with the divorce. In my instance, we did not deliver the message together, although that's what I propose that we do. Um, obviously, I've done my share of research to understand how those things should be handled. Um, he, my ex's position was, well, I don't, I don't really think he thought too much about it. He just walked into the child's room, burst into crying and said, I'm not moving with you because your mother doesn't want me to. Oh, no. Um, so from that point on, the path was clearly defined for my children. They knew that I am the bad guy and the father is the good guy. And we're just going to hate the mother because she's that common enemy. Um, on the bright side, I can tell you years later, uh, definitely things have improved. Uh, children are getting older. They're getting smarter. They are able to put two and two together. But you have to be prepared that things are going to be very, very unpleasant and difficult emotionally um, if the messaging is not delivered, message is not delivered the right way. And that's uh, that's that's very tough if you can't come together for the children. If you start using them as a weapon or as payback, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know what kind of boost you as the person would get for wanting to do that, but you're doing such harm to your children. It, it, it's absolutely not worth it. Uh, it's an unfortunate that some people will actually will do that without just to need someone to pity them maybe, or just to f- have some sort of power. Yeah. And just trying to come from a kind place. I, I can understand that if the other party has unresolved issues of his own, uh, then this is his way of maybe just living the same pain because his issues are not resolved. So he thinks he's doing the right thing. He may not even intentionally weaponizing and, and using the children against me. Um, it's what I still want to think, trying to be right. positive here. But you're absolutely right. Many people do use children to hurt the other party and they um, 
they're hurting, so they're trying to hurt the other side. Right, right. It's unfortunate. It's just the only weapon that they have, and it's terrible to say weapon, but that's sometimes how they see it. Yes. But um, how did you guys share custody? Did you have like a a, a decent custody plan in in order? Um, it uh, it took us a lot of time to finally get to the 50-50 arrangement, which we do have right now. Um, in my opinion, if your spouse is a fully functional parent or even semi-functional, honestly, in my case, very functional, I will give credit for that. Uh, children definitely will benefit from having both. Um, I would definitely put that heart and anger aside and, and allow the children to enjoy the other parent, no matter what's going on between us. Uh, so we, we made that work and things are actually going smoothly because both parents are involved. The children are happy every now and then they may be sad because something will remind them of, oh, the family's not together. But for the most part, if both parents are present, equally involved in the children's lives, this is definitely going to help. It has helped us a big deal. And so because you do 50, 50, does that not, does that mean that there's no child support? There is child support. That was uh, that was another very important, very tricky and unpleasant situation because when we started this interview, I said that I was not born and raised here. I came here 17 years ago. I well, a little bit more now, but I I I built myself up here and I did what I thought was the right thing to do for the family for us. And at the end of it all, I ended up paying child support and uh, having to pay all sorts of other crazy things, which was just so crazy to me to even realize that that's possible because none of it was fair or made sense. But um, (laughs) what I have learned through the process, uh, fair as a word does not exist when you're going through divorce. It's just going to happen. Uh, so yeah, in my case, yes, I'm paying child support and all sorts of other crazy expenses sometimes. So, and let me ask you about that—not specific details, but do you, when you realize that you were going to have to pay child support, it means that there was an imbalance, kind of in in income and stuff. Did you think back to one of the things that you did or didn't focus on? Was is this a fair relationship? Is he? Is he? Are you guys actually partners? What did you feel like you guys maybe weren't now? You're like, wait a minute. We weren't actually partners in this journey. And you hit the nail on the head. This is, this is actually the reason why the relationship did not work out, why the marriage fell apart, because it was never equal partnership. Uh, the, the, the short s- summary of what it looked like was the ex is dreaming and I am making those dreams come true for him and the entire family. So that's the short of it. Um, I do agree if if there's equal partnership in the sense of, let's just say he has a lower earning potential um, and then I, you know, I do better financial. So we agree that he stays at home with the children. He takes care of the house. So that is his contribution. And then I'm working. So when things, if things were to fall apart later, in life, then it would be very fair to do the split because he contributed in a very different way and he had no opportunity to put money into 401k or just any kind of savings, right? So 
that is a fair situation because you were both contributing. But when one is taking naps half of the time and just dreaming up some new projects that never come to any fruition, when the other party is working and paying for daycare and all that other stuff, and then at the end of it all, I still end up paying, that does feel unfair. But we get over that unfair part eventually because we have to move on with our lives. Um, but the only reason I wanted to bring it up is because there are scenarios where it, it is fair. Just because you had a job and I didn't, if I was contributing in other ways, right. I'm sorry, kind of fair to share with me. Well, and I agree in that aspect as a stay-at-home mom, you know, in the situation that my ex was the breadwinner and I was the stay-at-home mom who, of course, took care of our son and the house and the dinners and all that stuff. In that situation, yes, when we broke up, I had uh, no job, no way of having income because I was, you know, taking care of the home. So in that situation, yes, uh, a help up, a help to get through where I could stand on my own. And not only that, but obviously child support, because this is still your child who is still going to need all those things just because even though we break up is a, a, a different scenario. But exactly in your situation, he was you were still sending them to daycare so that he could not watch them. And I don't know if you came home and cooked dinner each night and then you had to ask him, can you do me a favor, which is something that would drive me nuts. Can you do me a favor and give, you know, our son a bath? It's like, why is it a favor? Maybe that's on me for using that term, but it's like, it's not a favor. This is our child. Hey, he needs a bath. No. Can you do me a favor? Yep, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, it, it definitely is the case. And it's not, you know, I can't just come out and say, oh, he did nothing. I did everything such a murder. No, like, no, that's not what I'm trying to say. Obviously, there were things that he may have done. But when the time came to really measure how much everybody really contributed, right. now kind of seemed like it was carrying the, the majority of the weight. And, and when the person felt like I owed half of everything even after the divorce, that that did seem a little bit unfair. So, right, right. but hey, um, it is what it is. That's right. <laughs> that's the right. It's just part of the process, and it's and it's a story that you have obviously, you know, that's something that you have learned and grown from. I'm sure in the future, if you are in another situation, maybe a prenup, maybe a something or other. But it's not. It's a lesson that you unfortunately learn living through it for the most part but if there are women listening to this now maybe they will be like wait a minute let me am i in this situation what 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 maybe do i can i adjust to avoid this possible future if 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 they're down, going down that road and that's kind of oh, the big point of this is to help others maybe learn from some of our mistakes and not fall into the same the same pit holes i don't know traps. Well, now my son was eight years old when, when uh, we separated and then eventually divorced and he's 26 now. So uh, I talked to him about, you know, that time and he doesn't remember much about it all. He doesn't remember the house we used to live in. He, he has very little memory of that time in his life. I find that interesting because I know it was super traumatic for me, but but I'm glad, of course, that a lot of that was not anything that he really remembers. Yeah, I, I unfortunately I won't I won't hear that message from my children because they're being constantly reminded still. Right. Uh, not not by circumstances, by the person. 
uh, reminded about how things could have been different and how it's still my fault and all that other great stuff. So that's that, that's still going to be a very unfortunate thing. They don't get the chance to kind of move away from it and put it in the past, unfortunately. No, no. It, it's a, there's a constant reminder. Um, so... Is he date your ex dating? Is he, you know, I'm, I would hope that maybe once he puts his focus somewhere else, maybe he can take the heat off of you. But is that anything that seems like he's concerned with? Um, I, I mean, we don't really talk too much about that, but um, he did make a few comments about like, well, you know, I do have women. Uh, so I don't think there's anybody super special uh, because he's still too busy being angry with me. <laughs> so too much energy in the wrong direction. Yes, that definitely can't be healthy at all for him, you know, no. put, put aside what he may or may not be, the, the vibe that he's bringing to the children, that is just a sad way to live. You Even as the person that was left, me speaking from that side, you have to move forward. You have to uh, suck it up. Unfortunately, it is what it is. You work through the pain. That's the point, right? You have to work through the pain. Uh, therapy. And things that you're that you're willing to do to help yourself move through it. If you don't, you can be stuck. I think women tend to do a lot of that self reflection and then work on the, on ourselves to really heal. I'm not. I, I don't want to generalize, but from my experience, I don't see too many men actually focusing on that. Hopefully, it's changing. The trend is changing. There's so much more information out there. Uh, but yeah, women tend to look inside. Men seem to look externally and still dwell on her fault versus his fault. Can't can't help. I I actually tried helping, but when you come from a different place mentally, you can't. I cannot tell you to snap out of it. If you're not ready for a change, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how kind or aggressive or persuasive I am, you're not going to get that message because you're not ready. So maybe he just needs that extra time. And I really hope he will get to the point where he can let things go and still be happy. That would be nice for you also. Uh, You still have a few years that you have to communicate with him because of the age of the children. Um, I know you probably can't envision a time in the future where you never even hear his name, (laughs) but, uh, you know... (laughs) I just, you know, as for my experience, I, as my son got older, basically once he turned 18 and, you know, there was no more child support, there was no, we would rarely see each other. We live in the same town and whatever. And and then as the years, my son grows up, he moves out, whatever. This is a person I used to know that I may or may, that that we live in the same, same town, but we never see each other. He's just somebody who used to exist. And it's an interesting feeling that that eventually happens you don't think it's ever going to happen but it eventually does and maybe it's some kind of a self-defense mechanism right now I don't even think about wanting that stage uh, because well he's here he's here children are still you know at that age where we have to communicate so it's not even a thought as oh I can't wait for the day when I don't have to talk to him he just exists every now and then we talk we try to keep it very Uh, friendly and I mean we'll never be best friends but if you were to see us communicate you probably would not even pick up on any animosity there may be somewhere at the bottom of our hearts Um, so we're trying to do our best and I'm and that's the thing I would like to emphasize to the ladies who may be listening to this 
focus on the children, no matter how hurt you are. The amount of dirt that was poured on me would have made me such a miserable human being by now. But I'm so glad that I did not allow for that to happen. My children is what I truly think about. And I just want to set the good example for them. Um, Take the high road. It's going to hurt big time, but you will get a big payback at the end. Excellent advice because there's a place for your focus. There's a place for your love. And that kind of helps deflect a little. It's not, you're not saying it's not going to hurt because it is absolutely. And, uh, but it's just focusing on the light instead of the darkness. If you, (laughs) that's a way to say it. It doesn't mean the darkness isn't there. Exactly. Oh, it's absolutely there. And I'm also not saying don't be angry. Oh my gosh. You should want to punch me in the face. If I tell you, don't be angry, be angry, Absolutely. be sad feel all of those stuff, but just direct it to the people, not to the people, but share those feelings either alone or with the people who are close to you. Don't let the man see that weak side of yours, that that angry. He does not deserve that reward. He needs to see your happy face, even though you're crying deep inside and screaming deep inside and feel all of those feelings for sure. Yes. I will be the last person to tell you, don't be angry, be nice. No, forget being nice. He's being a bad person. Be mad at him. But don't give him the satisfaction of seeing you being upset and angry. And I think that's excellent advice. I did terrible at that for quite a while. But um, if you listen to my back podcast episodes, which were my journal entries, it was a disaster. But it was a process of learning. And I do always recommend if you want to rage at them, Sit down, write a letter, write it all, everything that you want to write, and then burn it. Burn it. Don't send it because it wasn't about them. It's about getting it out of your system. It's about, you know, purging it all. But if you send it to them, you're not going to ever get the response that you want. You're going to be the bad guy again, or they're going to ignore you, and then you're going to be sitting here waiting like there's something out there. Why don't... Just get it out there and then destroy it. But you did the exercise, and you will feel better from it. Yeah. And, and believe me, I know something about trying to find closure and realizing that I'll never get it from that human. Um, I have sent my share of letters as well. So yes, I can sound so philosophically great right now, giving all this great advice, but yes, I have sent my share of letters and every time it was heartfelt. And if I just say it in this you know, compassionate way. And he's just going to see that I'm feeling this pain and, ah, no. One of the best responses I ever got from him, and that was after I sent this long message and then some some kind of uh, saying at the end to kind of back up whatever message I was sending, right? It was so deep. And all I got back, an advice from him, don't eat the yellow snow. I will never forget that. It was the randomest, dumbest thing, but it belittled and, and negated everything that I said and felt. And I was like, oh my gosh, who am I expending all of my emotions and energy on? So yes. So yes, definitely eh, send it, don't send it, write it and burn it. I agree. (laughs) The only, like you said, the only closure that you're really going to get is from yourself. Don't chase, you can't chase them for it. You're never going to get it. You're never going to get something that satisfies you, even if they decide they want to tell you something. You have to give it to yourself. You have to give it to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Well, you have given a lot of great advice already, but is there anything else that you feel that a woman in your, that went through, that would be going through something similar to you would benefit from knowing? Uh, definitely surround yourself with a great support network. Um, it will be the most difficult time. Uh, there will be many times when you will think that nobody wants to hear, nobody wants to know about your drama too much, uh, which is fine. Well, you know what? Grow the network. <laughs> so you don't <laughs> cry to the same person over and over again. Uh, that, that was, that ended up being a good strategy for me because at first I also felt like, well, I, I cry to this person today and then tomorrow. And I mean, how much can a person really handle, especially when they truly care about you? But then you just find Facebook groups, you listen to podcasts. Um, don't just focus on one person who may help you, but also don't worry about asking for help. You have to get the support because this is the most difficult time. They, there's no wonder they do compare it to to death and there are a lot of you know stages of grieving that they they present you with when they try to explain what you might be going through there's a lot of truth to that so don't try to do it on your own surround yourself with a great support network very good advice i agree i uh, i had a therapist i saw him often i cried to him often he gets paid to hear me cry so it was very uh i didn't feel guilty that every time i went in there it was this but he gave a lot of wonderful advice and yes i also had an, a good network of friends that uh, you know some that were going through it so it can relate some that weren't but were willing to listen i definitely went through a time where it was all you talked about so it makes perfect sense you know what you said uh, grow the network because that way you can spread what you have to say and you don't, you know, burn somebody out on it. So thankfully years later, all my friends, you know, they're like, yeah, you know, it was, you know, they were there for me and nobody's like, oh, that was rough. They were all pretty, <laughs> you know, I didn't burn anybody out, but it's a, uh, it's important if you can. And it is like death. I, at that point in my life, I had never experienced anybody close to me die. Thank God. But mm -hmm. that was, the worst thing that I ever went through because it is, it is, it is, it is exactly that way. But I want to thank you, Lena, for sharing with all of us. Um, it sounds like you are obviously divorced and beyond. Unfortunately, the beyond still will include a little, uh, <laughs> uh, well, beyond still takes a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's not over, but it, this is a more beautiful stage. This is where you look back and you say, wow, those women were right when they said that I will be okay, that I will feel more empowered and, and happy someday. Am I in that perfect place of my life where I met the prince and the white horses parked in my backyard or somewhere? No, but it's still, there's still a lot of beautiful stuff that's going to happen to you inside of you, the things you will uncover about yourself and appreciate about yourself. So there is light at the end of that tunnel that I can tell you. And Josie, thank you so much for inviting me and giving me this opportunity to share some of my experiences. And I, I really hope that some of the words that I have shared today will help somebody. I definitely believe that they will. And thank you again for sharing with us. Thank you. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. You too. Well, that's a wrap for this episode, and a special thanks to Lena for sharing with us. 
If you'd like to share your own chapter checkup, please reach out to me on Instagram at heavy underscore pages underscore podcast. And don't forget to download your copy of the chapter checklist. As always, thanks for listening. And remember, sometimes the pages of life can be heavy, but you don't have to turn them alone.